Oh, 
why we're playing it, due to lies. Because. And so the first step is realizing, you know, that um, you were lied to in school, you were lied to by the government, you were lied to by the bank, by the doctors, by the medicine labels. You were lied to, especially in history books. And um, basically the whole thing's a lie. It's all, you know, as you found out, a lie. And so therefore, the idea is it has never been reformed. And the reason that it can't be reformed and you can't have a nice America that you have in your mind is because there never has been a nice America and, you know, I, I'm grateful that we've lived in a place where we could kind of try to forge ahead and not just be beaten down. But, um, you know, that's kind of gone by the wayside now because we realize a lie has been revealed. The truth has been revealed to us about the lie that we live in a police state, and we always have. Whoever the government doesn't like, they get rid of. And so now it's overt because they just feel like, well, they can do it in front of your face because they figure, yeah, no one's going to, who's going to do anything about it? No one. Look at this Jim Jordan up there trying to <laughs> become speaker. And, and, and look at all the people that took money that are on the take, man. You have no heroes, you know. You got no people. And no one represents you. And, you know, thank God we've learned this. I mean, it took me a long time to accept it because I would rather be in a delusion, you know, and be more comfortable, right, and have my TV set talk to me all day long and, you know, watch my shows. And But as time goes on now, I realize looking back, it never worked out. Nothing ever really worked out. You know, um, because everything was based in my head on a lie that I tell myself based on the lies that they told me. Trying to keep it, you know, trying to work it out. Trying to do that tough work. And then, you know, a few nuggets of wisdom come along. From Jesus, I learned that, you know, coveting anything is going to be, you know, an affront to God. So that's like, okay. Okay, you you know, you do an endeavor, you want to be successful, but you're going to give it to the Lord instead and give the Lord, you know, be, it's going to be, you're going to be led by that. And if, you know, and so if things don't work out, um, I see, I have, uh, okay. Let me, let me. Uh, If you can take it, that would be good in the other room. Um, We're here uh, working on, a frivolous hobby that is okay <coughs> sorry anyway you did you saw there was no 2020 uh, prayer we had I talked to Govinda yesterday we just got together and prayed on the phone because I said I, I didn't have my gear that I need on you know on the trip here I thought I'd be home by now but um, still working on the bus and um at the uh, Prevo Service Center, and and so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get everything, you know, really roadworthy. And uh, and I haven't done that. It's been, you know, it's a bit of slow. It's like a hobby, you know. It's like restoring a car or something. 
why a bus because a bus is kind of cool you can sleep in it you know you can you can live in it but uh the one that i have is not exactly practical you know what i mean she takes a lot she's a she takes a lot of maintenance she's uh she's very demanding but when you when you really learn about the complex complexities of it it can be rewarding but i think the reward is also in the restoring of you know an older bus that now is being restored to a you know to a comfortable standard that that being said i'm not sure what the lord has in mind with it but i think something you know there may be you know driving around and saying hello to people <laughs> i don't know but we'll see we'll we'll just we don't know it's it, we do know that uh you know being being out there uh yes being out there and um feeling pinned down in your living room thank you there's my ring going off my ring is tells me they're working on them see I, I monitor them I've got ring cameras around the bus I can watch them and make sure they're working <laughs> um, but I've been going through so much in my mind on this trip it's, it's like uh, everything is so noticeable like we go into this breakfast room you know in a, in a little uh, motel we're staying at a hotel motel whatever and then, you know, they give you a free breakfast in, in the morning, and, and it's yeah, a pretty good deal it's with, the, with the room and the breakfast and all that. It turned, comes out pretty well. So I'm in there, and I notice they have six TVs on. And they're all on different channels. Yeah. And they're all sort of synchronizing with each other on, on airhead stuff. I mean, it's, it's like, on the one hand, they're interviewing Scorsese about his movie, and then they got... Uh, and Oprah wanna be look alike doing that, and then they got this over here and that over there, and then they're 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 kind of broad brushing the um, I mean they're all the same. All these news stations of CBS, NBC, ABC, that and you can see them when there's six big screens surrounding you. And they're all talking. I'm I'm wondering why would they have six different screens and have the volume up high enough so that they're all kind of talking over each other. And I, and I realized it was the perfect, perfect manifestation. Of course, that's not real. No one would do that. I'm not in this reality. See? That's, learn when it slips to understand. Because this will be a, a thing in the, in the future. Um, I know I'm talking a little bit complicated, but what I mean is that, um, you know, once you're, you know it's all lies, okay, once you know that everything will be lies, once you realize that there's very few people, hardly any, you can trust, and once you realize that, you know, we're pretty much here for the duration and there's not going to be any magical escape, I mean, we're going through, through hell, right, and it's going to get worse, because the people, and I realize what it is, see, they played us very well. They understood that uh, if they could get multiculturalism going, and have, you know, Tower of Babel, like 15 different languages going, like the six TVs, Tower of Babel, right? They're all, you know, in the background. And, and, then, I, and then, then there's no catch, the ketchup has run out. So I tell the ladies running the play, I go, I need ketchup. She goes, uh-huh. And, you know, she, she didn't understand what I said. I don't think I held up the ketchup bottle, but that was like, okay. You know, <laughs> and, then, and then she just sits there. 
And it's like, of course. Of course that's right. She just sits there. You know, and, and it's not her fault. I'm just saying, you know, that's that's being done on purpose everywhere. That there's just no, you know, it would be, oh, okay, you know, rather catch up. Okay, I'll get in and, and go. And she, finally we got her, you know, through repetition, we got her to go to, to the kitchen and get us another uh, ketchup. Anyway, be that as it may, it just was uh, you know, perfect. And then the other anomaly was, and the in the lobby uh, was a uh, several copies of the Epoch Times, which is admittedly you know conservative, uh, you know free thinking. Actually, it's not really conservative. It's more um, you know about traditional Chinese medicine and. Um, health practices and uh, y- you know uh, traditional Chinese culture and uh, and also ob- observing American politics and and also you know commentary by you know conservative writers or called conservatives like Victor David ha- Davis Hanson who I just think is a, a you know a pretty wise person I don't think he's a Ideologue. I don't think he's left or right. I think he's just basically common sense, which has nothing to do with left or right. You know, common sense today, according to the government, common sense means you're a right-wing, you know, white supremacist extremist that needs to be locked up. Okay, so that's totalitarianism. That's what we have. We have that because we didn't... And the reason we got here was because we didn't do anything about the election. And I said, in... You know the 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 midterms of 2018. I said, if we allow them to steal those midterms, then nothing will ever be okay. We are going down the tubes. I said that it was it was a prophetic statement, and I made that statement over and over and over again. And of course, no one listens to you. You know, if you're if you're for real, and I believe I I certainly was with that statement, I was not listened to in my own country. It was a warning. It was, if you don't do something about what just happened, you're going to get screwed. You're going to go into total, full lockdown, totalitarianism, everything. Well, lo and behold, after the midterms, what do we get? We got COVID. We got a fake uh, president, you know, a a criminal cartel uh, totally took over everything. And you're all locked down, and now they're stealing all your money. And so it's it's the consequence, though, of 2018, and of course it goes back further than that. But that was the last chance for Americans to get their country back. Well, we as Americans did nothing. We sat around thinking uh, everything was fine, there were, Trump was in office, and, you know, it's fine. And then he got uh, railroaded out of there. And the rest is history. But that was what was going to happen. It was going down. And people needed to not just get in their boats and put Trump flags up, but they needed to get together and realize that the force against us is a global force that put Biden in. And their goal is to overthrow all nationalities, all countries. And that they were, you know, using people, the head of the, 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 the pope of the whole movement is Larry Fink. So he's an American, and you can he has an address, and he has... A, does his office ever get uh, protested or his building that he resides in or his residence? Not a word. In fact, he was just on, after all the damage he's done with COVID, he's done, he's done all the damage. He's done it all. Maui, was a, that was a big one for him because he, he had his personal touch on that one. 
So after all the mass murder this guy's done, he goes on uh, um, the business channel and he starts talking about how he himself and himself and, and him has eradicated hatred in the world by his policies of political correctness and wokeism. He's eradicated hatred. And now while they're bringing in euthanasia in Canada and everything else, well, all these horrors... Okay, so let's... I, I don't want to talk about that because that's, you know, that's what I, every talk show I was just talking about. And, you know, the, there's nothing that's going to be accomplished by talking about this stuff. Everybody knows what's going on now. Everybody is awake. Everybody understands. And if they say they don't, it's because they're doing it on purpose, thinking if they go with the lie, if they keep lying, which is what they're doing, then that's your enemy. Because that person who understands what's going on, but they're not going to do anything about it, you know what I mean? They're not going to come clean. They're not going to stick their neck out. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to keep trying to ride the gravy train. That person will eventually be your enemy and turn you in. So watch out the friends you keep that you have the spiritual connection of Jesus because that's the only thing that's going to keep it honest. Everything else is a lie because Jesus is the only truth. I don't care you say anything about, you know, any person, but it's what the Bible says. Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. So with that in common, we can move forward. And actually have a good time during all this uh, apocalyptic uh, fury that's going on. And for me, it's summoning you know, courage, okay? So summoning courage to be yourself, which takes courage. To, to say, to put Jesus out there when it's inconvenient, that's courage. I mean, you know, there's some, you pick your battles, but I mean, there's some times where it's just a perfect opportunity to bring it up. And then we don't because we're afraid of, what, losing friends? You don't have any friends anyway. You have no friends. You have no one you can rely on. Not one person can you rely on, not even yourself half the time. That's me too. Well, we're both in the same boat. So the only thing that's going to keep me straight at the end of the day, and I know i got problems i got to work on and solve. And, uh, you know, some of these uh, health issues and stuff I brought on myself just through the way I've... Uh, live to excess at times, you know, trying to, you know, uh, uh, what should I say, anesthetize my uh, pains. I, I mean, I come up with a million excuses, but there really is no excuse in the end. I, you know, if I'm not treating my body like the temple, then um, that, that God made it, you know, we are literally tabernacles in the spirit of the Most High God. So our bodies are manifestations of that tabernacle, right? It's like the outer layer, and if we're not going to treat that with reverence, then um, the consequences are our own fault. We're told there will be consequences. And then when they're like, oh, I, okay, I better go to the doctor for help. Well, the doctor's not going to help any of us. They're going to try to get you on medication. That's all they do. So there's nowhere to turn now. You're all alone in your little hovel. You know? And, okay, people that have relationships and... Uh, you know, have uh, kind of a, a little bubble with their partners and things like that. Um, well, that partnership is, is, if it's dependent on the outside world being stable, then that partnership is ruined already. See what I mean? There's no way out. It's Jesus or nothing. And when I say Jesus, I do not mean the guy with the beard that was here for a couple of years. You know, that, that, that was one thing. 
that was in order to save humanity at the cross. That was what that was about, and also establishing the ministry of Jesus, which is amazing. Since um, you know the the main people that were the the big fans of Jesus at that time were really the uh, the deplorables <laughs> of that time. That's right, because but when Jesus is present. And if Jesus is present, Christians will reject you. If you're following Jesus, Christians will reject you. Let's make this very clear. If you're following Jesus, you'll be rejected by Christians. They will be the biggest betrayers. They will be the Judas goats. If you're not following Jesus, you won't be betrayed by Christians. You'll be betrayed by, I guess, anybody out there that's jealous of you. Or wants what you have. Or just, you know, the backstabbers. Well, people just are naturally, we're just natural born backstabbers. So that's what, that's what our culture is, one big backstabbing fest. So there is now no new way out. The, the veneer is gone. The surface is gone. All there really is left is, is, is Jesus and, and discernment in the spirit as for guidance as to how to proceed. And then not proceed. See, the, the, the other bind we're in is that not doing anything is going to just bring depression and death. Right? Depression, inertia brings depression and bad health and death. So you can't sit there and kind of try to get by another day because you know the days are, are gone. There are no days. This, we're, 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 we're buying time here. So what do you do? So you have to get out. God is making it so that we have to get out among them. And he's sending out the lambs, two by two, couples, yeah, you know, people in partnerships, relationships, sending, sending us out there amongst them. And the reason why is because they need to see. See, at some point in the next year, they're going to freak out. I mean, visibly freak out. Some will become zombified. You know, some already have. But, I mean, a lot. And they're going to be looking to you for help. I kid you not. You, the, the person they rejected. You, the person that they didn't want to listen to. You, the person they thought was a religious fanatic. You, the person they tried to send to the psychiatrist. You, yes, you. That's the one. They're going to try to come to you, and they're going to say, you... Oh, please help me. I know you're right. Well, of course they know you're right right now when they're talking about sending you to a psychiatrist or locking your ass up. They know you're right. They just don't want you to spoil the party. Well, now the party's spoiled. Yeah. It's spoiled now. It's wrecked. America's wrecked. It's wrecked. From stem to stern, it's wrecked. And there's people that are selling the false hope out there. Please don't buy into that. Please don't buy the false hope. Jesus, any minute, he'll be here, and I'm just going to watch Fox News until he gets here. You know, I mean, please, please don't do that. Please understand, it's, you're up against the wall. You have no option except Jesus. That's your only option. There is no other option. And Jesus is truth, but Jesus is also the way, which to me also means action. Jesus is action. He wasn't just sitting there when Jesus was on earth, what did he do? He traveled from place to place. He did miracles. He did baptisms. He did this. He did that. He did, you know, he raised the dead. He, um, he healed the sick. He walked on water. 
he produced food, fish, where there weren't any fish. He, he did all kinds of things to show you that the reality is bendable. But it's not the reality that's bendable. It's you that's bendable. And right now, you're not bendable because you're programmed. But as you break the layers, you realize it's all a lie anyway. So there's nothing to listen to. There's no need to keep the TV on. There's nothing to do. There's no point. Distraction only leads to uh, delay, and delay equals self-pity, really. In the end, if you don't do anything, you're going you're gonna to sit there and eventually just pity yourself. You're just going to feel all alone and betrayed and left, and, and left for dead. I know how that feels. You know, but I never... Even when I was in the hospital and I was, like, on death watch, they didn't... Uh, they didn't... Um, I'm basically... They just made me into a miracle. No one's going to get out of there like that in eight days. But I did. And I know it wasn't through my, you know, willing it to happen. I can tell you right now, it was God's intervention that got me out of there. Am I, am I well now? Am I perfectly okay? Well... It's relative. Let's compare me to other 70-year-olds or 69-year-olds, if you will. And if you do that, then, uh, you know, compare me to to people kind of going to live on a few more years with cancer, with kidney problems, or with, you know, mental problems, whatever. I mean, in that relative sense, I'm doing, you know, fine. There's, I don't need to uh, go win a, um, you know, a triathlon right now. You know, that's not the, you know, the, 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 the fact that I'm, but I'm still, I'm not done. I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm a, a, a man of my word in the sense that I'm going to make good on what I'm telling you, that I'm going to do action. You know, I mean, I'm going to take action. And I don't know what the Lord has for me. I'm writing this, okay, so now we come down to the book. This is a very crazy thing to do, to do this Substack novel thing. I mean, I understand that's completely crazy. And since I've been up there, I get weird friend requests from people that I just are not real. They're they're bought, but I mean, I know they're spying, and I know that that hospital thing is. It looks simple. It looks like it wouldn't be very dangerous. It looks like not even as bad as like you know people like Alex Jones and what they talk about you know all day long, which is doom and gloom pretty much. And and in Renaissance, if we can all get together and whatever, <laughs> and overthrow this evil oligarchy that's evil uh satanicarchy <laughs> but um and that's fine there's a lot of you know new agers that have a similar idea I, I don't um i'll confess something to you i don't need paradise i don't need a renaissance i don't need any of that what i need is here and now I need God with me, and I mean, and when I say with me, I mean present. I need to be with Him, Him with me, together. Some, you know, connected. I need that connection, and that. Then I'm okay because, like, when I was in the darkest days of the hospital, just a few days, but it was like you know, not knowing where I was, and you know, that level of. I I guess I remained calm. Until the end, in the end, when they didn't want to, they were playing games with my, uh, you know, discharge, and I got mad then. But before that, I was kind of in a calm state. But in the middle of the night, I would rip out my uh, my IV stuff and all the uh, 
I was hooked up to this IV thing that also had like electrodes on my heart and had, you know, all kinds of wires attached to me, you know what I mean? And I just ripped those apart and um, ripped out, I was like some, you know, I was sleepwalking when that happened. And um, and looking back, I, f- I feel, of course, now I feel there were abusers in there, you know, from the doctor to the nurses to everything, the whole system, everything was a... One, the one thing they did is they knew how to save my life, but boy, it was they were pretty reluctant about it. It was just pure abuse. I mean, it was a kind of abuse where you, you can't believe it, but people have come to accept that as care. There was no care. I had no care. You know, I, I was able to, like, sneak my health out of there. And then I've, I've broken off all contact with all doctors, with everyone, because I don't want nothing to do with them. Because they would, you know, they come in and, they, you know, well, you read the book, you'll see there's certain things I, I write about in there that are just really disgusting. And then there's other things, spiritual things. Sometimes God, you know, I, I get this word from, uh, and it's informing the writing, because I'm doing this now, I was talking to Govind and he remembered when I was talking about the whammy and you know the whammy was a very a screenplay developed by Mike and producer Mike Mike Muscal and myself back in the 90s <laughs> you can imagine we got laughed out of town on that one and it was about you know and it was fiction at the time you know we didn't know it was that real I mean I mean that ubiquitous I guess but it was about how kids were being supplied to these elites from orphanages to be abused and you know killed and whatever else, yeah, and and to like parties in Bel Air and stuff. So you know, and 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 so the, these three people were chosen to be vigilantes. One was a secretary, one was a mechanic, and one was a salesman, and they were all put into a trance and brought to this warehouse in downtown L.A. And they were, there was this big machine there that was doling out some kind of a drug to them. They would take it and then would become these, like, you know, kind of superheroes for the kids, you know, super vigilantes. And they would go to these parties and different things. And they would, like, blow all the adults away, every, all the abusers away, and set the kids free. And there was these detectives that were trying to figure out what the hell's going on and trying to, trying to, trying to, you know, find out what the hell happened there who are these people and because of the really mysterious the people themselves that were the vigilantes they would just wake up the next day go to work like nothing happened they they don't realize you know in the downtown LA that they a van would show up and they would get in the van the van was loaded with weapons you know just the whole back of the van was just weapons you know automatic weapons and um and so we, we showed this screenplay around. And yeah, Michelle Archer, she wrote a whole book about it before she died. Yeah. And, um, and then in my conversation with Govinda, he brought it up that you, you should really do that. I want, I want to see that movie. I want to see that movie of vigilantes taking out the pedophiles and these, the, the, the super rich, the, you know, the Larry Finks of the world, whatever, you know. Yeah, the senators and the, all, all the powerful people, you know, the, you know, society, in other words, our sick society, which is totally sick. How do you feel now about your evangelists and your preachers 
saying they're giving you you know positive thinking lessons in Jesus' name. I feel pretty mad at, mad at those guys. Wouldn't you like to like you know waterboard one of those people? Yeah, yeah. Well, people don't want to talk about it, so we talk about it in terms of movies and fiction. I'm not going to hurt anybody, but but I I won't deny that if there's a vigilante tale that came out, I mean, not just like Sound of Freedom, but something where I mean, badasses just really, you know, they, they will just write up another one where just a little bit different kind of characters, you know, just go in and like. You know, not getting them arrested by the FBI or whatever, but going in and just like leveling that, like, there's not, you know, it's hamburger meat. You know, you can't find uh, identity on any of these, you know, hundreds of people gone down. Um, you know, just ending human trafficking by force through vigilanteism. And that, you know, don't think that's not what they're, they would never okay a, a script like that. Okay, they would never okay it. So you can count out the studios because they're all wussies. They don't do anything anyway. They don't produce anything anymore. Because anything, the good stuff was always stuff that would make you think, make you consider other things, you know, not just <coughs> left-wing propaganda or, or pedophile propaganda, which is like Disney now. Pedophile propaganda. <laughs> yeah, it's great. How, Disney. But, but see, they were always that way. It just was hidden in the culture. The people that worked at Disney, they all knew. And if they weren't down, if they weren't consenting to it, they'd be fired. So all your people, the people that know people at Disney and stuff, and like, like we did, you've got to know that's your enemy. If they get through Disney culture and keep their job, that means they're the enemy. I mean, if you value your kids, they're the enemy. Right? Because the whole point is to indoctrinate kids into you know, accepting the way society is so that they uh, comply. And so parents comply by offering their children as a sacrifice, um, you know, for the purpose of uh, remaining rich or getting rich, right? Because of the almighty dollar. So you can never trust... Uh, so Disney would be something you would never trust again. Well, Fox News is out there promoting Disney. I mean... We don't need the modern day of, you know, what's his name, Iger, whoever's running it, you know, talking about wokeism and how great it is. We don't need that. All you need to do is look back at the artworks. Look back at the cartoons. Look at all the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the hypnotic images of, of, you know, of sex, 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 sex everywhere to, to uh, make sure the kids are, are ready for that when that comes their way. There's no other reason to put subliminal images of penises and vaginas and intercourse and, and everything else they're doing. There's no reason to have that in there unless it's for a purpose of indoctrination. In other words, prepping the kids for what's next outside the movie theater. There's no reason to put that in there unless you're, pre, um, you, you, you know, you're, you're pre-programming them for what's about to happen. And so now what they called satanic panic and all that, you don't even, you don't have to bring Satan into it or anything. You don't have to bring witchcraft into it. I, I bring it in just as a, you know, I mean, now the, the popular thing is just have people conjuring demons and stuff and have no, no Satan, no, 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 no references to Christianity, no references to any spiritual warfare, nothing. Just have people doing it. Like, I guess, what was it, Jay-Z conjuring Samson or, or who, who was... Uh, those various demons that, that rappers conjure. 
Um, and I forget the names of them, but um, but they literally do it during their shows. You know what I mean? And, and we have evidence of, of in. I mean, I know for a fact that, like, I know there's one concert, I'm not going to mention the band's name, but the whole point was to make it into a, a satanic ritual, the entire concert, and to then hypnotize the whole, all the people. And um, we saw right through it and just gave them that, that, that stare of a warrior right back at them, and it ruined the whole show. Everybody just, instead of, like, clapping and giving another encore, everyone just walked out at the end. <laughs> they didn't even get one encore. And and they were pissed because usually they get everybody into it. You know, it becomes like a big orgy. And does who writes about that stuff? Does anyone write about you know, sexual orgies in concerts? You don't hear it because see, it's tied to something more sinister, human sacrifice. That's why you don't hear it because it goes to criminality, it goes to human trafficking, it goes to human sacrifice, it goes to death, of course, because that's where it must go, because that's the only place these people do go. And they seduce people into their own deaths, you know, through excesses and drugs and this and that and the other thing, they make it all sexy and, you know, it's um, really a, a sad case that they become millionaires and billionaires Billionaires, in some cases, uh, for promoting Satan and and doing really promoting themselves as Satan is really promoting themselves uh, as a demon, pr- promoting themselves as supernatural. You know, like the, the you know, Beyonce at the 2012 uh, you know halftime, the halftime shows of the NFL all dedicated to satanic um, sacraments, the entire thing. And they still are, and all the commercials, everything. And so, and then you point out, they go, "Oh, you're crazy!" And that's because the people don't know that; they just know that that's what's going on, and nobody has a definition for it. There is no Satan, there is no God, there is no nothing. So, therefore, it's just behavior. And if her eyes go black, or if she starts, you know, uh, getting everybody into a, a, you know, a trance, and 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 you know, and 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 filled with the, her demon which is the goal, uh, then, you know, programming all the people that are there and everyone watching at home, then mission accomplished. So they're going to pay her the, so she's going to be a billionaire. Taylor Swift is the next one. And I noticed as her success has risen, she's gone darker and darker and darker. And, the, and, her, and her dumb idiot fans are going further and further and further in compliance with her, her control. Her control is coming from another entity. And she's, it's being projected through her to, you know, you know enslave the audience, ultimately. And, um, and that's what it'll do. Now, I'm not saying all the, you know, all music is for that purpose. But, you know, when you see music used for that purpose, because music is a great way to, to, uh, uh, to snare people in, you know, it's a great way. And when people are not aware of it, you know what I mean? And they just go, oh, I'm just a stupid human. Hey, it's good music, Jamie. Yeah, and get the album for my children and my my mother. And I'll make sure that I, got, I really want to get a signed copy, you know. <laughs> you know, when you have that kind of mentality, which is what America is right now, just a bunch of dumb shits waiting to be stolen from, 
Then they're going to steal, you know, your innocence. They're going to steal your money. They're going to steal your land. They're going to steal everything. They're going to put you in a box. They're going to euthanize you. They're going to put you down. They're going to take you out, and they're going to flush you down the toilet. Because that's what you're up against. You're up against an enemy on TV, in Washington, and and everywhere you look. Everywhere you go, everywhere you look... um, you know, you've got another one. And when they're coming at you, do they know who you are? No. It's really, really stupid. But the thing that's taking them over, they know who you are. And they're coming at you using that human because the human is too dumb to understand what's going on. So those are the ones they want, the stupid people, which most people are. So you have this tremendous demonic uh, victory here. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been... The only people I know that are free right now and are having pretty decent lives, having a pretty, you know, just are, are resilient, are Jesus people. You know, that they're, they're not... They're intelligent. They're not susceptible to these kinds of games these performers are playing with their audiences. I mean, this is really... Sick stuff. I mean, it's you think it's about you're being a fan of one of these divas or one of these, uh, you know, uh, pretty boy crooners. You think it's a uh, you think it's because you're a fan and you're just a fan going to a concert, that's all it's about. No, you're a fan and they can use that energy. It's too tempting to have, you know hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people being fans, you know, having 5.6 million people on Instagram or whatever, and to not then start going more and more sexy, I guess if you're a a woman going more and more, you know, nude in your pictures and whatnot, and what you're doing is is it's it's the, the thing, that the whole connection has no meaning unless it's demonic, it has to be demonic. I mean, just ask yourself this question. Why would someone want to just be on there and go more and more, just because they like attention? They want to go more and more nude, more and more racy, or as some performers, um, you know, some actresses on Instagram, they use it for a fashion show. So it's like they try to get professional photographers and this and that and have the, the hottest sessions. But what would be the purpose of that? You know, it'd be for worship, but who's being worshipped? Not the person. The person's not there to be worshipped. The person thinks they're there. They think it's all about them, but it's not. Just put 10 years on them and see what happens. It's not about them. People could care less about them. Nobody cares about them. It's what's inside of them. They end up worshipping that. And that is why someone like me can call it legitimately Satanism. That is how it gets called Satanism. Without having a, a, a you know a, a, a horned whatever you know visage of you know horns and, and and red and you know bloody flesh, and now now as Halloween is coming on, people oh no real Christians wouldn't celebrate Halloween. It's like no, I say celebrate Halloween all you want. I mean you know if you're if you really are a Jesus person, you're not going to celebrate Halloween. Any I can't I don't care I don't care what. What people try to warn you, you wouldn't do it. So therefore, there's no need to warn because the people I know would never have to be warned. They just wouldn't be interested. It wouldn't be like a temp- 
oh, I'm really tempted to get that Frankenstein mask on and go trick-or-treating. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, and we know people, I mean, and God bless them. I know they're trying to do a good job. But there's better things they could do with their time than warning people about Halloween. I mean, right? I can see Pia out there nodding her head. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Aren't there better things to do besides warning people about Halloween? I think maybe, it, you know, it would be really interesting to go as like John the Baptist or something, you know, trick-or-treating, you know? And, 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 you know, carrying a, you know, maybe carrying a, a, a Bible or, you know, do, you know, some kind of, you know, spiritual religious accoutrement. And then every time you get a trick or treat, you have like a little psalm, you know, that you have a little slip of paper and you, and you give that to the person that gives you the candy. And then you, you know, give the candy away, you know, forget the candy. Well, wouldn't that be kind of an interesting thing for God? To be like John the Baptist, going, or, or like Mary Magdalene, or like you know, um, or any of them, any or, or yourself as a godly person, just handing out, you know, psalms uh, uh, from door to door. And, you know, can you know you you know that it would be very offensive to some people. I mean, they might even get a gun out and try to shoot you. <laughs> I mean, you know, they'd really, you know, if you hand them a psalm, what's this? It's a little slip of paper, with like, you know. Psalm eighteen, um, you know, six or, or some or one of the one of the uh, one of the one of the psalms. Um, um, this is, uh, yeah, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. God is my rock in whom I take refuge. That would be a a really good, uh, uh, you know, that's Psalm sixty two uh, two through twelve. That would be great. Um, but it could be anything. It could be like, you know, um, about healing. It could be, you know, it could be a, uh, any kind of encouraging scripture. But, I mean, you put that in there. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a good idea. I'm now thinking maybe it's plausible. You know, maybe I've given somebody a good idea out there. You know, just uh, go with your kids trick-or-treating. And just be one of the either one of the Bible characters, or just be there, and, and just while while you're getting candy, say thank you very much. Let me do something for you, and you hand them a little slip of paper with a um, an encouraging psalm on it. That hey, because most people out there that if if you go trick or treating, most people out there that are going to be participating in that and all that, they're probably looking at having their homes foreclosed on. They're probably looking at health problems they can't afford to fix. Think, you know, the Lord's doing that on purpose by taking us out of the healthcare system that no one can afford it. Uh, I just unfortunately have a great Medicare program, which I which I got and I did need to save my life. But my goodness, I'm not taking advantage of Medicare Advantage anymore. You know what I mean? Except to get my teeth cleaned. <laughs> Other than that, but. Uh, it's um yeah no I think that's a good idea go as one of the biblical characters uh, out like instead of going caroling go out in Halloween <laughs> you know what I mean and and be encouraging because most of the people probably the houses you're going to are going to be foreclosed and those people are going to be put in the poorhouse and you know because most people are going to be put in the poorhouse in the next twelve months oh, don't you understand that it's all going down. And the reason it's going down is because, well, because the people got decadent. 
uh, Americans made it go down. You, you know, the cancer that's here right now, it's just basically a cancer virus, and led by Larry Fink, the ultimate, he's like a cancer tumor. Okay, so, so, but here's the point. They would never have even gotten a foothold in there. They, they would never have even risen to power unless, unless they had the, you know, America allowed them to, be, to do that. And, um, and when they did, they got corrupt. But when you have money as your god, how do you think, okay, all these rappers, it's all, what's the most important thing? Mansions and Lamborghinis, okay, and, 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 and girls or, or boys or whatever it is, you know, pretty girls, pretty boys. So that's the whole thing, right? And then bling. Uh, if that's your um, religion, you're going to go down, you're going to destroy your life. That's all it's going to, your life will be destroyed. You will be the most unhappy person in, in the world. You are just purposely making yourself unhappy by pursuing material things rather than pursuing God. Anyone that doesn't pursue God is going to be miserable. So they, I figure the world needs us. Yeah. Right? Because you can, you know, and, and um, I've been to the end, you know, death. And it's no big deal. You know, seriously, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal for people left behind because, I mean, I miss everybody that's left me. I miss my daughter, but um, I miss my dogs. I miss friends. Cats. Cats, whatever, everything. But then it, time goes on. Time heals those wounds. So you're not mourning anymore. It's just, it's a, you know, so, um, yeah, you know. It, it's it's it, it's even the religious or spiritual teachings that we've been receiving as Christians have all been lies about the only thing that's been truth. And everyone speaks at least a little truth. You can go on to you know these. I don't know what's on the, the Christian stations on TV, but you can go on there and you can hear people with false doctrine get up there and say Jesus is God. You know, Jesus is the is the reason for the season, all that stuff. And they're right. That's the truth. Way, truth, and life. And they'll say that. And that's truth. Then they'll turn around and stab you in the back. And, and I, I don't, I, I think the only reason that happens is because they're so spiritually uh, inept and they're so material, they're, they worship materialism. They worship the number of people in their congregation. They worship the number of households. Yeah, we brought Jesus into 50,000 new households this week. Uh, praise God for Billy Graham. You know, I mean, and, you know, and I'm, I don't mean to disparage Billy Graham or his son or his daughter, but, um, you know, they haven't done much. You know, it's just like Greg Lurie. He hasn't done anything. The Calvary Chapel needs to be eradicated, you know, along with Greg Lurie's ministry. And guys like Greg Lurie need to go find, go to the mountains or go somewhere, disappear. But he won't do it. He would think that someone like me is a ranting, raving lunatic. So would his supporters. They would come after me. If I told him that, you know, you're, you're following a false prophet, you're following a false, a false guy. And why do I think he's false? Well, I don't need, I don't need any, any proof other than it, then in the spirit, that's what I see. I see a filthy, disgusting, um, flagrant antichrist figure, and and it, it, it the the thing that betrays him the most is the the, the harvest crusade, the 
and the Calvary Chapel, these so connected to Chuck Smith and all that. That whole thing was based uh, was basically a business model. You know what I mean? It was all based on materialism. And the only thing they really even care about is how much money they get in the conference every Friday or Sunday or whatever it is, whatever whatever day they, whatever their special tax collection day is. And that's you know it's very true of the Catholic Church as well. It's how much you've given to them. In fact, I saw one church. It was a it was a uh, that unless you've given to them financially, you don't get to talk to the pro. They bring prophets in every once in a while that they call official church prophets who don't know shit from Shinola, right? And they bring them up to the front. And you you can talk to the prophet about your life, like like the psychic phone hour. You can talk to a psychic if you've given money to this ministry, and only those people could go up front to talk to the prophets who would set up their little booths at the front of the church. Can you, really, seriously, that's how stupid people are. And I realize I can't change that. Some of that was because they're unintelligent, but most of it was indoctrination that they accepted, that they knew at some point in their lives they shouldn't have accepted it. They know they're lying, and they know they're being stupid. The stupidity is their defense mechanism, so that you don't expect too much of them. They're not that stupid. I mean, this is the other key to it all. They're not as stupid as they appear to be. They're doing it to cover up the decision they made to play ball. Right? To to cross a line they shouldn't cross. To enslave themselves in order to get some kind of paycheck they thought, or to go up the ladder, or whatever it was they wanted. But but it was like the, the lust for money and position and fortune and all that overtook the lust for God and it won and then they bring Jesus back into it and it's like nah I don't want to play that game you know we're going through suffering right now and we're asking Jesus for guidance and truth and to be led you know as we should be and you want to say oh don't pray to Jesus pray to okay Yahweh okay God okay Godhead okay no name okay no gender no name no nothing fine but we want to be led and um, I know a lot of people now are saying well what do I do what do I do well I can't believe we've all let this happen yeah we did we did you know you're guilty I'm guilty we're guilty We, we let it happen Way before Larry Fink, there was us. Remember the 80s? Remember the 70s? 80s was the era of spoiled brats, and that's what we were. And we're getting our chastisement now. And now now we're the boomers, right? And the boomers are hated. You know, anybody that was, right? The boomers are blamed. And really, in a way, blaming the boomers, is, is it's not what the boomers did. It was the spiritual condition of us as we got rid of God, and you know, God was gotten rid of in this country in 1965, when uh, Time Magazine declared and the New York Times declared God is dead. Okay, do you remember that headline? Yeah. You, you were too young. No, I remember it. You do remember it? Oh, yeah. It was Time Magazine had it on big cover. God is dead. Okay, ever since that proclamation of our culture, God is dead. We've been on a steady decline. And, you know, we were just becoming, in 1965, taxes were really high, but we were just starting to become profitable. 
again. You know, we went through Depression, World War II, and people were starting to feel, you know, the leisure class was being born. The, the uh, recreation was being uh, born in America in the 1960s. Not just going to a ball game, but playing ball or, you know, doing different things, you know, different uh, you know, adventures, whatever. And um, just as that, as those opportunities for also tech, technological advances were tremendous, people that got started in computers back then, they all did become billionaires. But so we got, we were on this trajectory for profitability, and that profitability turned everybody into a materialist, into a I hate God and I love money kind of person. And back in the 80s, listen, back in, I love it. Back in the 80s, people were all young. You know, we were young back then. You know, I mean, um, yeah, I remember I got my first IBM computer in 1984. And before that, um, I had a little typewriter, and I got that computer, and I was, that's when I, you know, started... You know, writing a lot of stuff in earnest and then eventually led to being produced uh, produced screenwriter. But, you know, all those advances during the 80s, from 1984 to 1990, were tremendous advances in, in computer technology. I mean, it was a big boom thing. And a lot of people got really rich. And, and the 80s were all about, you know, it was called the me generation, not the Z generation, not the Y, called, you know, gen me. All about me. I'm okay, you're okay was the big book of that time. Everybody being let off the hook. God was evil. There's no such thing as sin. You know, every, everything's everything. Every, you know, every, everything is okay. As long as you don't hurt anybody, the New Age guru says. The big rave, rage of the time was Rajneesh. Kids going over to, uh, to India, to ashrams, to give the gurus money. To, to bring that Western money of the Western trust fund babies over to Pune, India, to give them their money, their guilt money, for being white and rich in America. <laughs> Never mind. I've got to make myself laugh, myself silly. But, um, oh man, can you just see it? It was the age of prosperity. And the first thing that people did as prosperity began to come in you know, look at a show like Decadent Miami Vice. It's all about decadence. It's as far away from any kind of spirit as could possibly be. And see, now that we have Israel blowing up, and well, they're blowing up Israel, they're going to try to blow up the whole world. As this is going on, and they're not stoppable, so I guess they will blow up the whole world. So as the world's getting blown up, people are saying, what happened? So when you go trick-or-treating... As John the Baptist, you know, or some biblical figure, you just get a, you know, wear some sheets and, you know, some sandals and get a beard, you know, and you go wandering around like a, like a, like a Bedouin, uh, you can uh, rest assured that, that there'll be some people trying to grab you out from the night and take you in the living room and say, look, tell me what you know, I need help, I need, I mean, I'm going down, I'm, I'm thinking about killing myself. And we're, you know, I, I can't tell my wife that we're about to lose the house. Uh, the kids, I don't know where they're going to go. They're going to have to drop out of their private school. And, uh, of course, I think that's probably a good thing. Um, 
you know, and, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to become of us. Well, what's going to become of you is nothing. They, they intend to ruin you. Com- to them, you're the enemy. You, the, the compliant ones are more of an enemy than, the, uh, than, than those resisting. And what are you really resisting? You're resisting the collective. You're re- resisting the new mother nature taking over, as the guess who said. What do you think they were talking about in those lyrics? The new mother nature taking over. What do you think that meant? What do you think that was about? Something going on here, but you don't know what it is, do you, Mr. Jones? What do you think that's about? I've seen all good people, what is it, laugh so hard. I, I, you know, how is it? I've seen all good people feel so satisfied on, I'm on my way. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, oh, that's an obscure lyric. Gee, why don't you explain to me what it's about, okay? Um, you, you know, you know damn well what it's about. It's, a, it's, it's the thing the Bible says, you cross that line, you're out. Out, 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 out! And yet, all the churches promote that collectivism, becoming demon-possessed with a collective demon, and then engaging whatever kind of, you know, whatever happens sexually, of course. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? And then the corruption grows until you have what you have now, a complete shit show. 100% from coast to coast. Now, how long do you think it'll be before they you know, get the bulldozers out and just start bulldozing the whole thing into the, into the, into the ground? Not long. Right? Before 2030, probably. So what are they going to do with all the people? Well, just one camp we know of in Alaska holds a million people. I mean, that's one. They're all over the country. So I think um, with, with, you know, prison camps, uh, many of which are just, you know, ex-military bases that were then converted into, you know, FEMA camps, these camps are, uh, can, can hold just about, you know, easily about half, half the country. No problem. No problem at all. But if you think they're going to feed you in there, you don't think they're going to want to exterminate you, Again, you're being Pollyanna. You're, you're once again in denial. Did you see Mark Dice's so, so. Uh, little skit? I think he's very funny. Yesterday? <laughs> no, I, I gotta go f- watch it. Oh my gosh. I can't believe people are this stupid. Uh, no, he, he's, he's out there. Yeah. He's yeah. got his uh, pad of paper yeah. for people to sign this petition yeah. to, to stop people from, you know, yeah. it's illegal on Facebook to say that. Biden stole the election. So why why not? Shouldn't it be illegal everywhere? Over the dinner table? Anyway? Uh, yeah, and, and people are like signing and go, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, man. Yeah. These are not, um, these these are the kind of people you need to stay away from, okay? Let's give you some practical help. When I say stay away from, you still have to do business out there. You still have to go, you know, do what you got to do and interact with people. But when it comes to your close friends, you know, be very careful who you let in. You know, the best way to tell if a friend is good is when you go through ups and downs together and you're still friends, you know, when there was every every reason they could have left you, uh, you know, when they, what? He's got something, I'm not sure what it is. Let it go. 
Ah. Oh, okay. okay, that's bad. Okay, so you know, just I know friends that you know we've gone through struggles and some arguments here and there, some you know, but it's the consistency of the friendship over time that proves to me that you know that's I mean there's not a hundred percent proof on anything, but that would make me think, okay, that should be a good friend, right? In the good friend column. Because we've gone through stuff together, you know, like like people they go through battles and, and they become friends after the war and they become like the best friends, you know, or people that went through, um, you know, any kind of ordeal together. And we're going through this ordeal. But I mean, this is, uh, I sometimes use other things as litmus tests too, you know, just like, um, well, you know, I hate your broadcast, Zeph, but I, but I love you. It's like, oh. Okay, um, okay, I'll see you. <laughs> Don't call me, I'll call you, okay? Okay, very good. Why, why can I do that? I can do that because it's okay to be alone. I, God, God showed me how to be alone. I had to learn how to be alone. I had to learn to put off, you know, my expectations, my programming. You know, being invited to the party. Parties are usually a cesspool. Being invited to the party, to the barbecue, to the event, to the concert, to the ball game, to this, to that, the other thing. And I would pull out, you know, to the, to the hunting trip, to the fishing trip, to this. And I'd say, well, when you're with the Lord, you give up those things. And why, why do I say you give up those things? You give up those things because they no longer matter. I don't need to be entertained by a ball game or a concert or a movie for that matter. It's kind of strange. I'm making, involved in making movies and, 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 and writing and publishing. I'm very into it. But I'm into it because I'm applying a craft, I guess, that I have a, 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 some kind of calling for or a gift for or a, a way of doing it or something God can use, something. But it certainly isn't for any personal... Um, I don't seek any personal glory out of it because uh, we are not to seek personal glory... And you can see I don't. I'm not out there, you know, jockeying, uh, you know, playing on the whole game on Instagram and all that stuff. These people are just deluding themselves. They're putting off, they're going to be in tremendous sorrow within a year. I think all of Instagram may just completely fall to the ground except for robots. And those of you who became fans of people, you're going to realize the more you see of them, the more you don't like them. And pretty soon the bubble will burst and you're going, why was I even a fan to begin with? Because it was programming. It's not your fault, but you were subject to it. We worship no man. You know, when the, when the angel, when, the, when the, John wanted to worship the angel, remember? And, and the angel said, well, no, you do not worship me. We don't worship angels either. And we certainly don't worship demons, do we? But when you're you know, worshiping a pop star, you're probably worshiping the demon within that person. You're probably engaged in some kind of Satanism. You don't even know it. And uh, I'm not going to give you all these warnings and stuff. People are going to, you know, went crazy with you know, Christians against rock and roll. I'm not against rock and roll or music or any of it. Only when it's used in a manipulative way to surreptitiously fool the public into falling... Uh, into a uh, conundrum that they can't get out of or bondage, then I am not for it because 
first of all, I don't want to be ruled by some, you know, spoiled brat rock star. And, and, and I don't want to be worshiping what's inside that person who hates Jesus, who hates God. They don't even know, you know, they only they know is they hate God. They don't know, oh, it's a patriarchal religion and it's, it's uh, anti-woke and so I hate it. You know, it's like, okay, go seek your fame and fortune or go seek the truth. But fame and fortune is, you know, there's nothing wrong with it if God gives it to you. Nothing wrong with it if God gives it to you. You know, if, if you're working along and you happen to prosper and then you say to the Lord, well, what do I do now? You know, and the Lord directs your steps, but there is something wrong when it's for your personal gain because nobody gets out of here alive. The people that we're talking about that are, you know, doing evil, they, you know, this is an old cliche, they need Jesus the most. You know? No, no, no. I'm going to decline that. Yeah, that's the uh, phone ringing on the uh, laptop. Anyway, 20 on 20. Uh, talked to Govindi yesterday. We had a prayer. We had our own prayer session. And I advise you all to do that. When we get back, we're going to call prayer. I think we have a new policy, which is we're calling prayer sessions together anytime we feel we need it. I think that's a great idea rather than just wait till the 20th. We don't have to wait till the 20th. We're going to have it any time we feel we need it. We're calling the prayer, you know, prayer group together and and we you know, it's in uh, people that we can mix in uh, other people, whatever, you know, people that want to participate. But here's the thing. Right now is actually the best, I know this is going to get you. It's the best time in in the history of the world to be alive. In terms of what we're going to see the next year, we're going to see miracles upon miracles. They're just going to be off the chart. You're going to see people like come back from the dead and go, how are you walking around? And you're going to see, uh, but it's going to be for those with spiritual eyes and spiritual hearts to see that as long as you're true to yourself and like the whole thing in the Matrix where, where the kid... Um, bends the spoon with his mind and then he says to uh, Neo he says the key and I'm paraphrasing I'm, I don't know the exact dialogue but you know the, the key is you know don't bend the spoon whatever you do and that's how you bend it okay so understand it's, it's like a zen koan the whole point of that it's like what's the sound of one hand clapping one hand clapping the whole point of bending the spoon is it's the, the, the spoon isn't bent. It's that you are a multidimensional being and in your reality there is a bent spoon and you're just, you're just expanding your consciousness and the spoon bends. You know, that's the, the th- it's not the spoon that bends, it's you that bends, which is the point. But the bending is really an expanding of the spoon. So you bend the spoon and people can see it. But the way you did it is, you know, you did it within yourself. You didn't do anything to the spoon. And the spoon bent, let's say, objectively that other people could see it. But it was really within yourself. The same, you know, Jesus tried to teach this by teaching um, about coveting and desire. 
that we should not covet what each other has, we should not steal, you know, the Ten Commandments, all that is, is you know, designed to turn consciousness inward because that's where the food is. That's where the shelter is. That's where the impossible change uh, to your environment is. It's within you. And I don't like the environment. I change it. Okay, so I use prayer. I pray in Jesus' name. Well, what's that do to me? It gives me a confidence that I don't have in, when I pray in Zeph's name, when I pray in no name. I don't have that confidence. But when I pray in Jesus' name, it's already occurred. I know it's happened. Okay, so that consciousness, that, that's why we're praying that way. To give that change in consciousness, i.e. confidence, that makes things happen. I remember when I, one time I, I had to, I lost my keys. I had an old VW van. I lost my keys. So I just closed my eyes and I thought about it. And I realized um, there was something I could do with a screwdriver underneath the van and connecting these two metal pieces together with one big screwdriver. And it started it, bypassed the ignition. I think what happened is the starter wasn't working right. I did have the keys, I think. But, you know, I could put it in the on position, in other words, I had battery, and then I put that screwdriver up there. I didn't even know where, and it, it just, I let my hand go up underneath the, the bus to that place. To it, I was guided there, started, and then I told my friend right after that, he said, how'd you do it? I said, well, I was just like... Uh, you know, I just felt like getting the screwdriver and getting under there, and I started, and I was, I was guided to reach around to this spot, and I did, and then it started. So I'm off. And he started laughing at me, like, oh, you're so crazy. You're so nuts. I'm like, well, the result is, as you see, it's a miraculous result. What gave me confidence? Well, that's the reason God uses me from time to time, because I just fling myself into it, whatever it is. And, um, you know, without asking questions or having filters. And that's, you know, people without filters, God can use them to, to say things and do things that other people may have a problem with going that far or whatever. But, yeah, it started up, and um, I was able to repeat it a couple of times. You know, I'm not sure what I did or what pieces I touched. I couldn't see very well into there. I just reached around until I heard it go pop, 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 you know, and on. And um, I realized the same thing has happened with uh, time and space. Like a lot of times I kind of close my eyes and I go into another dimension. And not exactly like a dream. I am kind of sleepy though. And there's this ongoing thing that I'm involved in in some other dimension and I, I, I kind of start tuning into it a little bit and then I kind of wake back up and I realize hey I'm not and as I get older time begins to slip more like that I begin to slip in and out of these other dimensions only briefly just like in a dream but it's real you see the same people there well some of the novel I'm writing is about that as about you know Seeing things on the on, on you know, and some people say on the other side. I think there are more than there's an infinite number of sides. So, 
seeing things, you know, and all things are possible. I also don't believe in death. So I don't believe that we die. My belief is that uh, we continue on in you know, some other form, some other thing, that there not, you know, it may not be a conscious choice, I want to live as you know, this person or that person. I think it's just a natural process. And uh, we have no control over where we go, I don't think. The Tibetans think we do. They wrote their Book of the Dead. They, they, you, could, you, could, you could escape this world of samsara, of this constant, of maya, of this constant, uh, you know, this constant rebirth that the Buddhists try to escape. You can escape it if you fight all these demons in the bardo state. <laughs> Some of them are very fierce. And, um, you know, but at the same time, it's also within yourself. You know, can you quench desire? Well, no, I may not be able to, but Jesus, being covered by the blood of Jesus, that, that desire is as good as quenched because all God sees is Jesus. So I made it. So I got through the bardo state. I didn't have to fight the demons one after the other in order to get to freedom. Now, are people recycled? Um, well, the Buddhists certainly think so, and I think, yeah, probably. I mean, when I say there is no death, I guess what I mean by that is there's any any number of modes. That life doesn't have to just go on in a physical human body, does it? You could go on as a planet. You could go on as an angel. I don't know. You know, that's where the mystery is. I do see other worlds here and there where I can differentiate between a dream and a vision into another world. And I do sometimes get you know messages about this world. And the big one today is that this is the best time to be alive in history. It's not the best time materially for material gain, but it's the best time, I guess what I mean is spiritually, which is the real, the real world is spiritual. So it's the best time in terms of life itself and spirit and being close to God and all that this would be the best time to be alive, much better than our parents had and our grandparents. You know, because a lot of times they would just die, you know, simply and not without too much expectation. Uh, but some of us are going to die and we're going to explode into the next thing. You know, we're just going to boom, just go with it. And, um, and as a result, be prepared to, uh, to live and, and not to just give up and then have to be revived. But again, you know, a lot of this is not provable. So, um, you know, believe what you will. I don't ask you to believe the way I see it. I'm just, I'm, I'm learning every day. And uh, so now we're going to go. Anyway, God bless you, all of you. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name for the health, vitality, and energy, and guidance of all the listeners, and also for the longevity of all the listeners all that you would save from the, the horrors of the medical establishment and pollution and, and toxins in our environment, Lord, deliver them all from, deliver us all from those things, that we might be a better light unto you, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll play something funny. Well... This time I got back to the studio. I talked to my people at, at uh, Sweetwater, the guy that you know built the studio. Rob is there, and then my sales guy got bumped upstairs to management, and so I'm talking to a new guy now. He's pretty cool, and we're talking about trying to 
I'm making this like practice area out of a garage of all things, which is uh, yeah, recording to a, a live. It won't be. Re- live. It's live recording. It's not. Yeah. It's scratch recording. It's not. You know. So what I need is is there's not going to be a booth there. It's just going to be for like rehearsing my new blues band. <laughs> We, we get, I don't even know if I could ever play we drums get again. Max Masterson to stop by. Yes, yes. And uh, damn. I just don't know if I've got the. Uh, my foot is completely wrecked. Uh, I'm thinking. It's that, not. No, it's not. I'm not getting. I need new. to study new bass drum techniques. Yes, stop, stop watching the robots. No, no, there's some sick drummers <laughs> online. I mean, the drumming <laughs> field has gotten so advanced. It's just like surfing. It's gotten so advanced that it's like these guys are... Like, if you saw one of these drummers 10 years ago, they would be like an ultimate legend. You know, but but I like... There's one thing I can say about the drumming field that is really interesting. Buddy Rich is still number one. And Bonzo, the Led Zeppelin drummer that died at like, I don't know, 36 years old or something, or 32, or I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but in his 30s, He's still considered the best rock drummer by a lot of people. Despite all the chops and all the how fast people can play, you know, 64, 64th notes on their with one hand and stuff like that. Besides all those acrobatics and stick twirl. I'm sick of stick twirls now, aren't you? Everybody's twirling their sticks now. I, I, it's, it's become a joke. But I can tell you this, though, that... Uh, a lot of people would trade all that skill and their double bass feet that they could do. They could do thirty-second uh, note, uh, you know, rolls with their feet and stuff, and and you know, syncopated with their hands, and you know, just sick, kind of like you know, blowing Dream Theater away, that kind of thing, blowing Tool away. Tool, the Danny Carey is just not as good as some of these kids coming up. He just isn't. Well, a great band, a great band, and they sing about a lot of dark things. I, you know. The thing is about horror, Halloween, all this stuff. I, I really uh, think horror is a great way for us to talk. It's there because people are afraid of death. So they get to see all kinds of horrors that they can't face in real life in a movie. And I think probably it's somewhat therapeutic. I don't think it's something that you know should be banned. And the only reason they would ban it is because it would maybe it would help you to... I don't know. Is there anything that really shocks us anymore? We see babies being dismembered and I don't know. By, by our own doctors, we see organ trafficking, people being killed prematurely so they can get those that those kidneys, you know all that stuff. Uh, you know, there's plenty of horror out there. You know, robot uh, killer machines that can you know go into uh, that that don't stop till everyone's dead. <laughs> Again, we'll see you next time. God bless. <laughs> Wait for them in the bathroom
I take vengeance very seriously. I push to the 